Welcome to the Misha Rouser Show. I'm Misha, an organizational psychologist, and I'll be taking you down a path towards achieving professional success while still having fun. For over a decade, I have been guiding individuals and organizations through professional transitions. The goal is to help you, your business, or organization create a successful, engaging atmosphere without sacrificing a positive culture. So, let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Misha Rouser Show. And of course, I am Misha, and thank you so much for listening. So this show is all about leadership and professional development, everything you need to know to become a more competent and confident professional and leader. And we go over all kinds of topics from communications, emotional intelligence, productivity, and even then different types of leadership um, theories. And today we're going to be getting into servant leadership. And what exactly is that? Because it's apparently the buzz everywhere I go. Everybody wants to be servant leaders. So uh, I've wanted to bring somebody in to talk about, okay, what exactly is servant leadership? So that's what we're going to be talking about in today's show. So do keep in mind that all of these shows are recorded and are turned into a podcast. You can find those podcasts on my website, and that's MishaRouser.com. And again, that's spelled M-E-I-S-H-A-R-O-U-S-E-R.com. You can go there to find past shows to subscribe to the podcast. You can also find the podcast on iTunes and Stitchers and subscribe there. Um, on my website, you can also find the transcripts of past shows and um, other resources that I might have there that were talked about in past shows and so forth. And then also one of the big things about my website is, again, use it as a resource. You are welcome to go and send me some questions via my website. And I'm, usually I can get back to people in about 24 hours, um, maybe 48 hours. And sometimes I'll even bring some of those questions onto the show. So great opportunity to be able to ask questions. Um, if any of you are interested in asking questions during the live show, you can do that during the live show on Tuesdays at 930, which we are live right now. And so, Benny, if somebody did want to call in by chance, what number would they call? Yeah, they can join us at 425-373-5527. Again, 425-373-5527 or 888-298-5569, which conveniently spells out KKNW, 888-298-5569. Yay. Okay. Thank you, Benny. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we have... Um, Shan Furch with us today, who we're going to be talking about um, servant leadership. And before I bring him on, I wanted to do um, go over his bio real quick. And I got to admit, oh, my gosh, he, Shan is, has an amazing bio. And I tried to pare it down, and but there's still some things I just really don't want to leave out in this. So this is going to be a little long, but pace with me here. So Shan is a professor of leadership studies with the internationally recognized Ph.D. program in leadership studies at Gonzaga University. His emphasis is on the nature of forgiveness and how servant leadership honors personal and collective responsibility and self-transcendence across the disciplines. Shan is an author of many books. Um, Some of his books, there's a number of them, but some of them are The Forgiveness and Power in the Age of Atrocity, Servant Leadership as a Way of Life, which is an Amazon top 10 hot new release in war and peace and current events. Another book is The Spirit of Servant Leadership, edited with Larry Spears, and Conversations on Servant Leadership, Insights on Human Courage in Life and Work. Dr. Furch's work is regard, regarding leadership, organizational culture, and human will to forgive and reconcile are appeared in scientific journals and offer scholar 
um, scholarly venues internationally, including the Voices of Servant Leadership Series, Leadership Studies, the Global Servant Leadership Research Roundtable, and a number of other journals throughout the world. After earning his master's in, in clinical psychology from Pepperdine University and a Ph.D. in systems psychology from the University of Alberta in Canada, Dr. Furch is a systems psychologist in private practice as well. Um, he is also the editor of the International Journal of Servant Leadership, which has published the work of Robert Greenleaf, obviously, Larry Spears, Margaret Wheatley, Peter Block, Peter Senge, um, Ken Blanchard, Parker Palmer, as well as scholars from all around the world. And then in addition, Dr. Furch has served as a member of the Greenleaf Center for Servant Leadership Speakers Bureau, providing executive coaching and transformative organizational development, as well as delivering keynote speeches and presentation workshops and so forth on organizational facilitation. But I would say most importantly, though, Shan is also my Ph.D. advisor as I work through my Ph.D. program out at Gonzaga. So, of course... Shan is very much um, a wonderful man that is near to my heart as well. So, again, welcome, Shan. Great to be with you, Misha. So thank you again so much for being with me. And so part of why I wanted you on the show is, especially like in my consulting and stuff, I'll go to organizations and, and, you know, so many organizations and people are like, okay, you know, we we really want to be servant leaders. And, And what I found over time, though, is that, there's just this huge kind of um, conflicting information around what exactly is being a servant leader and what is servant leadership. So that's why I thought I'd love to bring you on and get your perspectives around what is the understanding from your perspective of what servant leadership is. You know, I think it's gained so much ground in leadership development and leadership practice over the last 50 years, mainly because of Robert Greenleaf, who was an executive for AT&T. And he transformed the face of diversity at AT&T over the decades that he was with AT&T. And it was all based on the idea that leaders have a kind of rest on a continuum. And that continuum, continuum would be made up on the healthy side as leaders who are servant first, who their inner life is oriented towards serving others and the, what, what Greenleaf called the, the best interests or the the highest priority needs of others. So that person is, uh, I don't know if we would call them born or made, but maybe he's leaning a little bit more towards born, that certain people, their their entire idea of leadership is to serve others and to help others become more healthy and more wise and more free and more autonomous. And that, I think, is what the major separator is. There's another major separator. The, the other side of the continuum, though, we've got to talk about that, too, is, is people who are maybe born, maybe made, into an inner life that's leader first. He says that we have to really watch out for because typically people who want very uh, ambitiously to be the leader tend towards uh, more of a hunger towards a power drive or an ambition drive that that generally makes it uh, either at least unconsciously okay for them to leave people behind <laughs> mm. rather than to uh, serve others. So he always sort of gives the big test to the leader first people to, you know, become more full or more whole in the inner life. And the people who are servant first type leaders, he says their their uh, quest is to make sure they step up into the leadership and because the nation and the, the business world and the educational world and even the family life world will do better if, if those who have that servant 
Yeah, you know, so, and that's where I think some of us get caught up in then can we be a servant leader? So, for example, I think about, and if there isn't one already, there should, there probably will be one, a Dilbert cartoon yeah. around, you know, that boss saying, okay, you know, I hear servant leadership is, you know, the thing now and this, I can get you more productive. And so I'm going to, you know, here, I just gave you a pencil. I, yeah, served you. I served you. Are you, go are you now? Work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I want, so I've always been wondering is, you know, on one hand, some people say, well, no, you're either born this way or you're not. So you, so it's not appropriate to act as if you are a servant leadership because then you're not being authentic. You know, I think it's just like anything. If a person wants to grow in some of the most ultimate ways of life, like love, forgiveness, asking forgiveness, making atonement, drawing people to a greater purpose, we all know it involves years and mentoring and humility and listening and kind of breaking ourselves into a new way of being and also softening ourselves into a new way of being. So, yeah, there's no magic answer. There's there's no, uh, okay, now you're a servant leader. <laughs> but you, what you see companies do with it these days, the top 100, uh, you know, so Fortune 500's top 100 best companies to work for at any given time period will have between 11 and 13 of the top 20 totally servant-led companies. So what does that look like? What it generally looks like is they spend a lot of time doing leadership development throughout the company, and it's not uh, momentary. It's something that lasts. So TDI, for example, which is always a perennial top 10 company out of Dallas, Texas, they have a three-year rotation that people go through from the beginning of when they're hired and then continue to go through at different times throughout the lifespan of their work there. And that's just good quality leadership development in servant leadership where a person is looking at their inner life, looking at the way they relate to others, looking at how to be and how to become a servant leader. Nice. So so in your opinion then, is it's this that servant leadership in a sense is something that we can embrace as a leader, if that's something that really resonates with us. Um, even if maybe our first reaction in a situation would be to think of ourselves first. Yeah, I think Greenleaf kind of talks about it as shifting into just a better way of being as people. You know, he was pretty iconoclastic, humorous, um, sort of against capitalism. Even though he was working at one of the top five corporations mm-hmm. for a long time, he retired early and retired to Quaker community and said some very revolutionary things like. This one, which is fairly apt in our current political landscape, but also maybe a type of aggressive statement. He said, all white people should get out of positions of leadership. And what what he meant by that was just sort of the nature of privilege promotes dominant culture at such an unconsciously high rate that we have to change and we have to kind of get to a a better level as a society. Now, some people would say that's sort of reverse racism, but I think once a person reads his work and starts to get to know him, uh, they'll see that it's it's actually about healing society. And then he did that. He did the, the thing that he sort of aggressively stated and retired to early to Quaker community and built another whole career around writing this essay on servant leadership and then just mimeographing it back then and handing it out to about 200 people. You kind of see where it is now with all these you know thousands and thousands of books and thousands of leadership development movements and practices around servant leadership now. So... Yeah, he was, a, he was a fascinating person that definitely believed it could be taught. And then he would say these prophetic-type things, too, like there will come a time when people will refuse to be led by anyone but a servant leader. 
And that's not totally there, but I think it's getting there. Hmm. Yeah, and so that makes me think about, I think there's a lot of confusion, too, around the, a religious element to servant leadership. And, and is there a, a, a strong religious element, in your opinion, too? Sure. I think, I think it's kind of like uh, anything sacred or anything profane, right? I mean, you could kind of you kind of look out at the world and see this binary of the sacred and the profane. And servant leadership being a, and maybe a type of essence or a way of life that, that you know, calls people into a continually new way of being, which involves learning and growing and, and healing and things that aren't usually associated with other leadership ideas. I think it automatically aims itself at the sacred, right? And certain other things tend, tend to try to be more neutral, which uh, can lean more easily into the profane. If that makes sense. Now we all know there's sort of a mix of non non binary non binary dualism around all of our light and our darkness, but the way Greenleaf framed it is that it wasn't supposed to be housed in some uh hyper conservative way around religion, but it also wasn't to be condemning things that are sacred. Hmm. And he himself, you know, had a had a Quaker background, so that's interesting in and of itself. He had two major images that, that formed his original thoughts around servant leadership. And obviously we know that servant leadership has been a part of all faiths and all non-faiths and people from the beginning of time. Just the idea that it's good to serve the highest priority needs of other people is just a good human practice, and it, and it helps the world. So, But the two images, which, you know, one of them is, is pretty religious, right? So the, one of, you know, there's two. So the, so the first one we'll talk about is uh, basically the image of Leo, who's a character in a novel from Herman Hesse. And that, that novel is called The Journey to the East. And Leo was basically a servant type, a lot of laughter. He brought a lot of buoyancy, humor, life, joy to the group. He was the cook. He was the singer. He had the guitar. And it's this group of people journeying to the East, sort of like journeying to enlightenment in this novel. Um, Leo disappears, and the group completely falls apart, goes into factions, argues, fights, uh, dissipates, becomes alienated, and none of them stay together. Later, one person kind of barely, or not even sure how, gets to the to the east, and, and in the east he finds this sort of order of enlightenment or illumination, and finds that Leo is actually the leader of that order. So it's sort of this reversal of you know leadership practice, I guess. And then the second image was Christ washing the feet of the disciples, that Greenleaf noticed as as a foundational servant leadership essence. Yeah. Okay, so that explains a lot of that. Because I've had some people get confused. Well, I'm not a religious person, so you know, yeah, you know, I, I it wouldn't be right for me to call myself a, a servant leader. Yeah, yeah, and I think Greenleaf was definitely against any type of people, any type of feeling like you had to stamp a certain religious uh, uh, frame on people. You know, period. I mean, and that's sort of I think also part of the Quaker tradition. Yeah, nice. Okay, well, we're going to take a break really quick. So again, this is Misha, and you're listening to the Misha Rousers Show, and we will be right back after this quick break. I'm a hard-working man. I wear a steel hard hat. I can ride rope, a hammer, and paint. Do things with my hands. So effective leadership isn't something that just happens. It takes time and effort. Misha Rouser, Master Coach, 
organizational psychologist, and successful entrepreneur has developed a concentrated series of courses to help you become your best as a leader and professional. Explore your leadership style, become a communications master, and learn to plan strategically in order to make better decisions. You'll learn emotional intelligence, team building, change management, and other skills for personal success, such as conflict resolution. There's a great leader inside you to be unlocked. Make the commitment to become a well-rounded, intelligent leader. Show the world around you that you are ready to lead. Log on to MishaRouser.com. That's MishaRouser.com to learn more. It's the Leadership Development Series. Your first step toward professional excellence begins at MishaRouser.com. Hello, my name is Marie Manucheri. I'm an energy intuitive author and host of Where Energy and Medicine Meet. During the show, I answer callers' questions, intuitively, of course, and provide invaluable guidance. I also interview others who I believe are on the leading edge of thought. Tune in on Thursday mornings at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on 1150 a.m. in Seattle or live wherever you are at energyintuitive.com. Dynamic careers in organizations require dynamic thinking. Success is measured in terms of positive, productive, meaningful workplaces. Misha Rouser, master coach, organizational psychologist, and successful entrepreneur, has helped thousands become more confident in their leadership and professional abilities. Misha's years of research and private practice have given her the tools to help you or your organization improve performance. Log on now to learn more about coaching, consulting, or training with Misha Rouser at MishaRouser.com. That's M-E-I-S-H-A-R-O-U-S-E-R.com. 1150kknw.com. It's why they invented the Internet. We think. Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Welcome back to the Misha Rouser Show, and I'm Misha. And so I, I was giving You're curious Benny why a little, I came up with that? Yeah. Why was that song? <laughs> you're a leader, you're a boss, you're a hardworking man and women out there. I don't know. I went with that one. I guess it's not for today. <laughs> All right. I'll choose better yeah. for the next one. That was, that was a unique <laughs> pick there. All right. So welcome back. And we are talking with Shan Furch on, on, in regards to the subject of leadership. I'm sorry. Servant leadership. Can you see this? Song just threw me off. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. <laughs> Okay, so let's return to then about servant leadership and thinking about then um, we talked in the first part of the show about, okay, what what is kind of the intention around that? You know, what did Greenleaf think about it and, and how is it emerging? And so, Shannon, I'd be interested in um, your opinion of then, well, how what is the best test then of a servant leader? Yeah, Greenleaf actually wrote that, you know, a piece called The Best Test of the Servant Leader. And, he, and how it how it's phrased is the best test or the true test of a servant leader is that those around the servant leader become more wise, more free, more healthy, more autonomous, and better able to serve others. And the least privileged of society are benefited, or at least not further deprived. So he saw business life, educational life, and seminaries. He kind of built, he kind of looked at these three big areas of society that influence society as responsible to have the foresight to draw the society and each individual in it and each individual inside the organizations to greater wisdom, greater health, greater freedom, greater autonomy, and greater service of others. 
and that the least privileged of society would be benefited, or, or at least not further deprived. So you can see that it's way different than most leadership ideas, right? Because it sort of calls out this uh, this, this huge uh, demand or responsibility that that a, a lot of uh, business life would not want to think about in general. Often, now some do, but a lot a lot of business life organizations would not. So. That's kind of the beauty of it too, is that the power goes away from the leader and goes into the hands of the of the lead, right? Because I can't, you know, hold my my colleagues or or my family's arm behind their back and say, "Tell them I'm no longer dominating you in my leadership role." I either have changed and have become a better person who doesn't dominate but collaborates, or I'm not a servant leader. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally does, and it's great because. Ha- it brings in, last night I was having friend um, dinner with a friend of mine who's also in organizational development, and one of her pet peeves around servant leadership is, you know, these leaders that say they're a servant leader, and she's like, they have no clue about <laughs> what the followers want, yeah. who they're leading, what they want. Good point. Yeah. That we call those hypocrites. I've been one. <laughs> well, <laughs> and I would say, I think that would be hard, though, because... How do you know exactly what everybody wants? And yeah, it's, and it's not about everybody, right? It's just about uh, critical mass. And, and there's sort of an obviousness, you know, that if you're not listening to the people around you, there's no way you could be a servant leader. Yeah. So. yeah. Okay. And so, bef- but I want before I do want to go into listening. Hold, but I want to hold that for a second because yeah. also though, then when we're thinking about the followers and who are we serving and for the benefit, mm-hmm. you know, because that's one of the things. That you know yeah. is is a definition of a test of a servant leader. Is it, is it growing them? But now, from what I understood too, is that one of the big differences between servant leadership and transformational leadership is who is benefiting. So, in other words, I took it as servant leadership is the individual that's benefiting. They're growing and they're becoming better. And you know, whereas transformational leadership was a lot of the same ideas, but it's in service to the organization and not the individual, that the individual will be benefited as a byproduct of serving the organization. I think that's a good good read of it, though I wouldn't say transformational has a lot of the same ideas because it never gets into things like the 10 characteristics of servant leadership, healing and conceptualization, foresight, you know, self-awareness. It, it doesn't, it's not looking at that type of life. It's, it's looking more globally and more organizationally. So it, so it has the, the four eyes that have to do with sort of a leadership tool set or skill set, but it it avoids sort of the inner shadow of the leader, which servant leadership goes directly into it and asks the leader to change. Mm. And that, of course, that idea that you that individuals are the sort of building blocks of organizations and of communities and of families um, is 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 a major separator, just like you said, and requires a you know servant leadership just requires a much higher level of personal and communal accountability and national and international accountability. Yeah, so then when you're working with organizations that are really wanting to implement servant leadership, I would think that would be some of the pushback. That and scary, I think, you know. Yeah. I think you'd have to have a pretty, you know, you, it can be grassroots, like just two people saying, let's get together and talk about servant leadership over lunch once a week, and maybe let's build a reading group with some others, maybe let's build a practice group, you know. So it can be very grassroots, or it can be coming from the highest levels. You know, I think if you're talking about influencing the entire organization, it it can be uh, um, can have more impact to to have the upper levels, the senior leadership team, 
fully bought into the idea that we want to build over the years a servant leadership culture. But it does. We don't. People don't have to wait for the other leaders. Yeah, and that just makes me think about. I had um, the privilege of having Howard Bihar on the show. Yeah, yeah. Who to me just exemplifies servant leadership. Definitely. I mean, he really. I just feel like embodies what is a true servant leadership. And for those of you um, that maybe haven't heard of that, but Howard Bihar was. I think he was president of Starbucks for like twenty years. Yeah, um, and they were they were perennially in the top ten, also of the best companies to work for. Yeah, and and so that that if if you're, I think um, if anybody's interested listening to that podcast and hearing how he described how he led and his views of leadership really help also bring in a lot of examples of what is servant leadership and how does that play out within the organization, and so then I would love to bring in that I think one of the challenges then most people have and I could be wrong, correct me if I'm wrong, but is the listening part of being a servant leader. Yeah, I think that's just a challenge for. Modern life, isn't it? You know, yeah. Think about how busy everything is, and how, you know, how many rules we might have to place on a family around <laughs> around uh, no media while we're talking to each other, or <laughs> no phones or no texting while we're talking to each other. You know, you kind of think of the challenge of just being a listener, and the beauty of being a listener. And uh, I think it's a sort of a courageous act these days. Yeah, that's a really good point. You know, it makes me think about, you know, when Greenleaf wrote a lot of this, I mean, you know, he couldn't, I wonder if he did foresee the complexity that where yeah. we were going in regards to listening and, and all the other distractions and everything else that's coming up in the world and how difficult it is to do. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think back to the Quaker idea, right? That not to overemphasize Quaker life, but I think we can't underemphasize it from the perspective of that, that that uh, element of looking at the sacred is all about listening. And, you know, for example, the Quaker listening circles, and if you're familiar with that, and it's a discernment process that involves this uh, putting a major problem in one's life, sort of on the, calling together a circle of beloved people with wisdom, putting a major problem in one's life on the table and just listening for hours to what's brought forward without judging it and without uh, trying to control it or own it. And and then letting that discernment process come through out the other side. And and you can kind of see quick we're notoriously in Quakerism some major movements like it was the first the first major uh, religious movement to um, completely through consensus vote out slavery and vote in the abolition of slavery mm-hmm. in America. Wow. And it was one of the always at the forefront of healthcare for the underprivileged of better, you know, trying to build better uh, prison um, treatment of inmates, you know, better treatment for the, for the, those who had been declared insane. Yeah. You know, all this is, you can't do that as a group without a lot of deep listening because you, you know, they, they their whole goal is to reach consensus and then take action. And that consensus can take years, you know. No kidding. Oh, gosh, Shan, I wish we had so much more time because there's so many elements about servant leadership. I would love to dive in with you. So maybe I might be able to get you back on the show sometime. We can dive into those. It's been great today. (laughs) So, Shan, thank you so much for joining me today and for um, sharing with us your wisdom and servant leadership. And everybody, thank you so much for listening. You've been listening to The Misha Rouser Show, and I'm Misha, coaching you towards success. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. For listening to the Misha Rouser Show on Alternative Talk 1150. Join Misha every week 
Tuesdays, 9.30 to 10 a.m., as she takes you down a path toward achieving professional success while still having fun. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your colleagues. Misha helps people and organizations be successful, all while staying on a positive path. Tune in next week for the Misha Rouser Show.